Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. And in our never-ending I Work For Him desire to bring you the practical, tactical, factual, and biblical ways that will challenge the way you think about faith and work, today we're talking about experiencing supernatural peace in the workplace, and we have Joey Brannon with us, joining us for the discussion today. Joey, great to have you here. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. Joey is, what do we call you, president, CEO, uh, chief consultant? One-man show. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I started a company, I actually started started a tax and accounting firm back in 2005. I'm a CPA by training and uh, grew that company to a point and then got tired of the tax rat race. What we were doing was more and more working with small business owners and operations and helping them grow their businesses. And I was more of a consultant than I was a CPA, but we still brought all the financial wherewithal and ability to crunch numbers to allow the analysis we did with business owners. And so in 2012, we sold off the tax and accounting piece, and we transitioned to full-time consulting work, where we only work with business owners who have plans for growth, sometimes turnaround, but generally just working with folks who want to take it to the next level and working with them and their leadership teams to make the changes to build strategic plans and then to actually show up week after week to make sure that those plans happen, which the execution part is the really hard part, but it's also the fun part, and that's the, that's what I like to do every day. I love it. So Axiom Strategic is the name of the company. 
company, or Axiom Strategic Consulting. Yep. And uh, so it's a delight to have you here. And we got a verse here. We're gonna we're gonna read this. Actually, a couple of verses, but it's from Philippians four six through eight. It says, "Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving." Present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then it says, finally, my brothers and sisters, in the NIV, that's not one I'm familiar with, <laughs> finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, uh, noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable if, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. It's a familiar passage in scripture, but it's meaningful to you, and uh, just dialoguing with you about it that this this part about being anxious about anything uh of course you are a business owner have been for a number of years now you work with a lot of business owners and their teams on execution and uh, a lot of stressful there are a lot of moments (laughs) stressful moments as a business owner uh right so 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 talk talk to us about this this verse is 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 really meaningful to you well I i think a lot of business owners that you talk to they will they'll all have had the Thursday night where they're wondering how they're going to get the payroll checks to clear on Never had that moment at all, no. <laughs> so so there, are, there are lots of opportunities for, for business owners to be anxious. And I can honestly say I didn't really understand that until I stepped into the shoes of, of a business owner and became one and then were si- was signing other people's checks. And, um, and it didn't happen right away. The, the first couple of years that we were in business were – I mean, it was, we were going gangbusters. And, sure. And things, uh, you know, my personal standard of living improved. You know, my wife and I were able to buy a new house and we had a new child and it was just, everything was great. And then, you know, we, we found ourselves in a spot that a lot of businesses find themselves in where you're heavily reliant on one or two customers. And there came a day when that customer said, oh, you know, we're sorry, we don't have the money to pay you. And at that point. Ouch. Yeah. And, and, and what they were telling us was that. Basically, one month's worth of revenue, a little bit more than a month's worth of revenue for our entire business just wasn't going to show up. Think about that. You're you're expecting to make X number of dollars in a year. So much of it comes in, hopefully, every month. And there's more than that amount. Yeah. Now you're saying there's a 30-day dry spell where... Basically, that, that amount of money is not going to show up. And, and you, this was a, a customer you were able to count on right? previously, right? They were yeah, just like they clockwork. Were our biggest and best customer from day one. This was a customer that I had been working with were at a prior firm. And when I decided to leave that firm, we made an arrangement for me to buy their business you know, from the firm that I've been working with. And they came on board, and we were able to expand, and they were growing, and things were going great. And they always had projects and always had workforce. And then the day came where they just said, you know, we're out of money, and we can't pay you. Um, or, or they had the money they were choosing not to pay us, which made it even that's more even more painful, right? Yeah, in your mouth, right? So, <laughs> um, so there was that, and and then there was just kind of a cascade of other things that happened that, that second, third year in business, where you know we, we we started the business in 2005, middle of 2005. So middle of 2006 was our first year. Middle of 2007 was our second year, and everything was going great. Yeah. And then this happens, and then, of course, everybody knows 2008 was kind of sure. the, the bloodbath. And, and the market that we're in, there's an awful lot of, of businesses and support services that are all based around construction development and that kind of stuff. And that, you know, they just stopped building houses, and, and the bankers stopped lending money. And that had a trickle-down effect for a lot of our clients that wasn't felt until 2009, 2010. Took so, a little time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we were in a, in a spot where we were having to replace our biggest client, and there, there weren't as many businesses buying the kind of service services that we were selling, you know, taxes, we were doing a lot of tax returns at that time and everybody has to do tax returns, but we had really carved out a niche where we were doing more than just the tax work, right. really trying to help 
work with them on growing the business. And when you're trying to do that in a time when everybody's trying to figure out ways to pair back and survive, it's tough to, to sign new clients. So there's, there's always, you know, as far as anxiety goes, there was that particular event, but there's also, there's also a lot of day-to-day anxiety when you're in the, the, the business owner seat, uh, or when you're in any seat where you're facing the customer mm. and and something doesn't go right, you know, you, it would just eat me up inside. And, and my wife, Josie, can can tell you plenty of stories of afternoons, evenings I'd come home and she could tell that there was something wrong. And it was because we had failed to deliver something to the standard we expected of ourselves. And, and somebody called us on it. So a, a customer would, would send an email and be like, I'm really upset about this. Or I get a phone call or something wouldn't go well in an appointment. And in the past, I always had this buffer, you know, which was my managing partner, you know, the person who was above me and my boss, you know, and, and he would go home with all that anxiety. And now sure. there was nobody there to play the buffer between the client and me. And it was just me going, wow, I really stepped in it today. Like, am I good at this? Am I going to be able to do this? Did I make the right decision? <laughs> is today the day that the charade is up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They figured it out and they're going to come take away my office and they're going to shred the lease and we're done, you know? And so I would go home and, and just, you know, not able to sleep at night mm-hmm. or not able to spend time with the family. We had a young son. My oldest was born. Uh, probably seven months before we started the business. So, wow. so at this point, you know, he's two, three years old when the real anxiety stuff is happening. But the day-to-day stuff continues to eat at you too. And then Josie and I, you know, being a small business owner, my I come from a family where my dad was a small business owner, and you know, it's very, very easy for me. I've known that I've wanted to own my own business for as long as I can remember. I just grew up in that kind of environment. And so it's very, very easy for me to put 110% of everything I've got into business. Cause I, I find it fascinating. I never sure. get tired of it. Now I get tired of some of the work, but the idea of owning my business, I never get tired of. And I found myself after Oh, about five years at this place where I had been pouring so much of my emotional and physical energy into the business and I was really neglecting my wife and that led to problems in our marriage and so now I had a whole different group of things to be anxious about you know yeah. like now it wasn't just am I am I cut out to be a business owner it was like well you know am, am I going to wind up losing my marriage am I am I not uh, am I not doing what I'm supposed to be doing as a husband? And of course, when you when you're trying to provide for your family, and you're not able to do that. There's days when everybody's taking home a paycheck, but you, you you have some pretty dark days. And and I think I don't know why Philippians jumped out. Uh, Philippians has always been kind of one of those books that that I I can go to when I'm looking for a new spot to spend my quiet time. You know, sure. you finish one thing and you want to go to another. And for some reason, the way Philippians is written. And, and the message that's in there has always kind of resonated with me. And I don't know why Philippians 4, 6 jumped out, except that I had plenty of stuff to be anxious about. And here was this verse that said, don't be anxious about anything. And it didn't say, like, don't be anxious about anything when times are good. Don't be anxious about anything when times are bad. It just says, don't be anxious about anything. It just doesn't give you much wiggle no, room there at all. There's none. <laughs> there's no getting off the hook with that verse. And uh, and so I thought, well, but the great thing about it is, it says, don't be anxious about anything. 
but then it actually tells you what to do. Right. And that doesn't always happen. You know, a lot of times, you know, there are verses and it's like, just, you know, let's just kind of get over it, you know, like we'll rely on God or just, you know, yeah. It, but this is a, this is like a how to manual. It and really so it is. said, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then there's this promise and the peace of God, which trans on, on all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. And so I thought, well, okay, I, I want that peace part. You know, I want that last part of the verse. Because uh, I want to be able to sleep at night, right? I want to be able to go home and 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 have my wife actually enjoy me being there, right? <laughs> it's, no, it's no fun when I come home as a ball of stress, and and so I'm like, okay, so how do I do that? Don't be anxious about anything, but how? And then you, you read this verse, and it says, "With thanksgiving, present your requests to God." So prayer and petition. So praying petition you can't just do it once it's not enough to just throw the prayer up there and get, no, you got a petition you got to you got to come back yeah, but and we get like it the microwave we like the quick fix yeah. you know maybe just toss that uh, yeah. toss a prayer out and let's I got church once a week maybe I'll I'll, I'll make a petition once a week right, right. but you know it's, it's like every day it, yeah. multiple times a day you make that petition and and there's something that's really crazy I mean God knew what he was doing uh, Holy Spirit definitely had a, had a handle on this one when he says, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Because there's something amazing about forcing yourself to say, there's this thing that I've got to get over. Okay, so my request might be, Lord, I need a check to show up in the mailbox like today or tomorrow so we can get it to the bank and make payroll on Friday. That's my request, right? And I didn't have any problem with petitioning that one. Right? No, no, no. I've made that request a few times. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I'm petitioning that one, you know, like on the way to the office, once I get to the office, before I go to lunch, while I'm at lunch. It's easy to remember to make yeah, that one too, exactly. right? <laughs> yeah. and, and But then you've got to go, with Thanksgiving, well, what do I have to be thankful for? You know, and, and there were days when... I can remember going, well, I'm not sick. <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm not dying. Um, it, there are a lot of days, quite honestly, when I thought, um, well, I got this beautiful baby at home, mm. and I'm a father, and I'm a son, and I'm a husband. And you start to think about the things that you are thankful for and start to thank God for those things. And then it's amazing how quickly... That promise shows up, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, yes. shows up. And and you can't understand how you're able to be peaceful, and it's not just uh, sticking your head in the sand and forgetting about your problems kind of peace. It's a real, I see what's going on, uh, I recognize the, the kind of severity of the situation or the dire straits that I'm in, but I'm not anxious about it. And I think it all has to do with the very last part of that verse where he says, the peace of God will do what? It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And there's something very specific that happens when the peace of God guards your heart, which means it's guarding your emotions. It's not, it's, it's key. It's like a wall that keeps all those toxic emotions of worry and anxiety. And I don't know what I'm going to do. And, Mm. and life stinks. And if the only thing could get better and why am I always the one who gets the bad breaks and it guards your heart so that those emotions can give you a clear head. And then it says it guards your mind. So now you have this ability to start seeing solutions that that you couldn't see before. They may have been there right in front of you, but the peace of God shows up. It guards your heart so you're you're not emotionally a wreck, and it guards your mind so you've got the presence and the capacity to find solutions. And and that's what 
not being anxious can do for you. But it, it, and, it, and it becomes a very practical thing. You know, it sounds very spiritual. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to pray and petition and give thanks. And mm-hmm. it seems like there's this supernatural component, even the peace of God, you know, mm-hmm. is a supernatural thing. And it is. It is supernatural. But but man, when you're swimming in all of those emotions and and all you can do and I and I I think anybody who's a problem solver, whether you own a business or not, you have that that it's just spinning in your mind. Your mind is just turning it over and over. We're gonna find a way out of this, you know, whatever it is. And uh but when you're in that space, you're not able to see clearly, like no. you're saying. No, and and it's funny to me that the secular world has even figured this out. You know, right. I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of self-help literature, and, and I can't get enough of of stuff because, and I and it goes back to this first too. Like it's like we think we figured everything out, and and here we have Paul talking to the Philippians. So one of the things that that I'm always reading something, and I I gravitate towards stuff that's going to be more self-help type things in business books. And it's funny to me that you hear this a lot in self-help books, whether it's Tony Robbins or Zig Ziglar or whomever, and they talk about, you know, or power of positive thinking. And this idea of generosity comes up a lot. It like, does. You know, be, you know you yeah. express generosity, be, be generous, think about generosity, you know, be thankful. And, you know, I, I got to see that work out, not because I was reading a self-help book, because I grabbed onto this verse where it was like, hey, don't be anxious for anything. I'm like, okay, well, I'm t- being told to do something. How do I do it? And then he goes into, you know, present your request to God with, with Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Right. And so when I started to do that, I started to see this connection between the peace of God and this idea of of following what his commands are. Be thankful. Just gratitude. Yeah. And, yeah. and then you know, the other thing that you hear a lot, you know, is what you what you put in your head. And that's covered here, too, where it says in, in verse 8, Philippians 4, verse 8, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And so there are, there were definitely days where... I went home and made a concerted effort to find something that I could think about that was positive, whether that was a podcast I could listen to or a book I could pick up or scripture I could read or or talking to Josie about things that were going great, um, calling family members. There's there's always a way. I mean, I think one of the things that, that I have seen with clients and one of the things that I definitely have tried to do myself when I'm struggling – is take control of your thoughts. Oh, it's a very hard thing to do. It is, especially when there's a situation you're facing that just screams for yeah. attention, you know. But but there does come a time, uh, maybe with enough practice, maybe you go through a situation that you just never thought you're going to be able to, to get through. But there does come a time where you realize, hey, I, I can do this. Like, I can think about positive things. I can think about excellent praiseworthy things. And I don't think Paul would have put it in there if it wasn't possible. Agreed. So, you know, that's the challenge for us is just to stand up and go, you know, whatever the situation is, whatever the circumstance is, I can find something to be thankful for and I can take control of my thoughts and I can think about positive things. And, you know, this is, I, I, I preach this stuff on a daily basis to clients who are going through tough times, not in a preachy way, but I mean, we got the answers right here. Right. I mean, you you can go to a Tony Robbins seminar, right? You yeah. can, you can pick up uh, the latest uh, business book that's out there. And I read, I read as many of them as I can, but when it gets down to it, 
you know, conquering anxiety, whether it's in whether it's, you're the owner of the business, whether you're the frontline person, whether you're the person out in the field. I mean, there are a million opportunities. Business is what w- most of us do all day, whether we call it that or not. We most of us go to work every day. Truly. Right. And, th- and so there's plenty of opportunities for you to be anxious. It could be anxiety about the way you're being treated. It could be anxiety about the fact that you're not in a Christian owned business. It could be anxiety about customers. But there's always an opportunity to go back and be thankful and take control of your thoughts. And isn't that so good? You know, just being thankful, taking some time. Uh, Before we get back into it, uh, we're going to take a moment now and do our book highlights segment, which is brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Our our book today is a book, Joey, that you uh, shared with me uh, a little bit ago. It's called The Power of Whisper, Hearing God, Having the Guts to Respond. By Bill Hybels. Talk to me about this. What was it that, that, that stood out to you about? Well, I heard Bill Hybels speak. Bill Hybels is a pastor of Willow Creek Church in Chicago. The church's got like 50,000 members. Very well known. Yeah. He's very influential as a pastor. And yeah. He produces an event uh, each year called the Leadership Summit, or I think that's the name of it. That sounds right, yeah. And um, so I heard him speak at this event, and he was talking, he'd just written this book, and so I, I was impressed by what I heard at, this, at the, the summit, and so I went out and bought the book. And it's a book that that basically kind of teaches you how to shut up and listen. Sure, <laughs> which it's very easy for us to get really busy, and we've got our plans. And I'm a planner. I love I I build strategic plans for businesses. I love to plan my stuff, and I can get on a plan and get tunnel vision on what we're supposed to accomplish, and not really pay attention to what God might be trying to tell me about that. I don't know anything about what you're describing here at all. No, this is very funny to me. So the, the, the kind of the money tagline in that book is the tagline, you know, the the power of a whisper, hearing God and having the guts to respond. And Hybels really kind of stepped up the ante for it. In those moments where you get like the yellow light and it's like, Hey, maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to do. And I would charge through that. And this book gives you a lot of real practical insights and how to stop for the yellow light and go, wait a minute, is this something that the Lord's trying to pull me back on? And, and am I going to have the guts to listen? And it can make all the difference in the world when you're talking about big decisions or small decisions. I think it's a great book. Ah, that's great. So if you want to have a copy of The Power of a Whisper, Hearing God, Having the Guts to Respond by Bill Hybels, then we want you to be the first caller at, on our studio line, 855-265-2929. It's 855-265-2929. And remember, read the book. Don't wait for the movie. It's a classic Whiteheart song. <laughs> I say it every time. 1987. I gotta find. I gotta actually find out when it was. That was a great album. <laughs> Don't wait for the movie. Are you? Were you are you a, like an old Christian rock fan like me? Not that you're old. Oh, White Whiteheart was a staple. Absolutely. Absolutely. You go Stephen Curtis Chapman for like the the the. Kind of calming down stuff, you know, the worshipful stuff, and then you'd switch over to Whiteheart for the. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you remember the Freedom album when it came out? 1980, I guess it was 88, 89. That was like, that was like the best album ever in Christian music. It was awesome. <laughs> they were going to do a tour uh, this year. 
And Whiteheart uh, was, White was kind of comeback reunion tour, and they had uh, published dates and all this sort of good stuff. But they ended up having to cancel, which I was really bummed about. So, anyway, we are talking about experiencing supernatural peace in the workplace, and you've been sharing some real great insights out of Philippians four six through eight, which I just have thoroughly enjoyed uh, hearing you share your heart about that because we all face these situations that we get in this zone, and I think it's so easy for us to just feel abandoned by God in, in moments like that, or at least to just, I think a lot of us have this sort of orphan mentality where it's like, you know, we, we know that God's for us and we know that, that, you know, prayer works and we know all of the platitudes. We've mm-hmm. heard them all at church. We've repeated them to people, mm-hmm. but it's a whole other thing to, to really dig in and experience peace. It is. And it, I, I could definitely remember times when I would not get angry, but it was almost like, well, this all this Bible talk is kind of irrelevant because I have a mortgage to pay this week. <laughs> so if I could trade my Bible in for a mortgage yeah. uh, payment, <laughs> you know, and, and it's hard to to be thankful in all circumstances. It's hard not to be anxious, and, and but you know, we were never told it was going to be easy. It's true. The thing that you have to remember is that. You know, whatever your situation, there's going to be somebody who's got it better than you, and there's going to be somebody who's got it worse than you. Like, you're never alone, right? But the problem is, a lot of times, we we hold back sharing our story. We hold back being transparent with people because we feel like that's going to impede the relationship, or we feel like that's going to change their view of us. Yeah, I'm supposed to look like I know what's going yeah. on, or I'm, I'm, I'm a believer, and so I got to have it all together, or yeah. whatever. And that leads to a lot of isolation, and I think... If you, you know, if you can be the person to have a little bit of courage and go, you know what? Hey, I am anxious. And here are the reasons I'm anxious. And I'm praying and I'm petitioning and I'm, I'm, I'm being thankful. And the mortgage check still isn't here. Um, but this is my story. And you're telling this to somebody and you never know, you know, what's going to give another person the hope to press on one more day, you know, to, to try a little bit harder or to not try to keep up the facade and just be real with whatever situation they're dealing with. And I think that there's a lot of um, there's a lot of practical advice in Scripture. I think one of the things we kind of muck up is thinking that, well, it's got to be me and God or nobody, right? And and I don't really feel like talk, talking to God right now, yeah, right. so it's all me, right? <laughs> but you, you really do have this, you know, there's there's other people out there that you can be transparent with and that that and i think that goes a long ways toward relieving anxiety too that's mm. not necessarily exactly what we've been talking about but um you know the, the first person obviously is your spouse you know hopefully yeah hopefully you can share things with your husband or your wife and and have somebody who can can share that stuff i, I haven't always been great at that with my wife you know there's definitely been times when i've had to learn how to be a better listener and be more empathetic but you know there are also there's a group of guys in my life that that through that hard time you know that we're talking about i had to get real with them and be like hey i'm a mess like right. you guys see this this person and you think he's got it all together and everybody's like oh yeah look he owns his own business and everything's going great and they just moved into a new house and I was like guys it it's all about to come crashing down I don't know how I don't know how I'm going to get out of it yeah and the first thing they told me was well you know if you ever hold out us on us like this again we're going to kick your butt <laughs> yeah this well crafted persona that you've right. been holding out yeah. with this, yeah <laughs> let's ditch that yeah. <laughs> and, and the second thing they told me was you know whatever it is we're going to be able to 
if nothing else, just hang out with you. Yeah, we're going to be here with you. None of us is going to write a check for your mortgage, so get that that out of the way. Now that we got that dealt with. (laughs) But, you know, if you you want to just have somebody to hang out with, we're going to be here for you. Yeah. And when you're in the the pits, when when you're really struggling with, with anxiety and with circumstances you're dealing with, all it takes is somebody to say, you know what, I've been there. Hey, I've had a hard time making payroll. Hey, I've had a hard time paying my mortgage. Hey, my wife and I have gone through some tough times. And as soon as somebody has the courage to be transparent with you, all of a sudden, you know, you start to, to experience a little bit more peace, a little less anxiety. And then all of a sudden those solutions start to show up and you start to get, you know, so much of it comes down to do you have the energy to press on? Yeah. And when when you give up, it's just because you just ran out of energy. You just you can't do it anymore. And. It's surprising to me how little it takes to give you that little jolt to go one more day. One Isn't more, that true? One more month. Yeah, sometimes I think we're waiting for the skies to part and some supernatural you know, wind to blow us you know, from here to there, wherever there is. But really what we just need is, is what he said to ask for anyway in, in, in the model prayer, you know, mm-hmm. is, is today's, today's deal. I need, I need the today. daily bread. Yeah. Yep. So you are in, in your business is Axiom Strategic Consulting. So you're working with business owners. You're helping them craft strategic plans. You're helping them execute, Mm -hmm. which, of course, is the magic word. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's the part that nobody wants to stick around for. Yeah, plans are plans are the plans are fun. Everybody walks out of the plan and they're all excited and hyped up, and then they come back next week and it's time to go to work. Yeah, now I just added more stuff to my plate. Thank you for that. That's right. (laughs) So you help people execute, which is incredibly valuable. Um, But you have not always owned your business. So you you were just sharing earlier in the conversation today about uh, the time you know when obviously you were working as as an accountant and doing some consulting and so forth inside of another company so let's talk about how, how how did it come about that you that you started your own business well i grew up in a house where my dad owned his own business and that was something that i knew i wanted to do um you know i, I was the kid who had the lawn mowing business but then wanted to put work into marketing the lawn mowing business you know and i went to college and i started a business there where i was raking leaves for somebody one day and and i got a call for somebody else that wanted leaves raked i'm like well i can't be two places at once so I farmed the job out to my, my buddy, and I got paid 15 bucks an hour, and I paid him 9 bucks an hour. And I'm like, hey, I just made 6 bucks an hour for doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, yeah, managing. I'm making money so managing. Started yes. a business in college, hiring other guys to do handyman stuff and, and just work in the market. Oh, you got side. bit early. Yeah. Yeah. So this idea of me owning my own company was something that, you know, we Josie knew that that was going to be something that happened. Just a matter of time, point, right? right? And so I had been working in other CPA firms in this area for four or five years. And uh, I remember this this point. We were in Miami, and I was working in an international tax department. And the firm that I was working with sent me down to Miami to go to this international tax conference for several days. And Josie went with me. We had a four- or five-month-old at the time. Andrew had, had just been born a few months earlier. And I remember distinctly, <laughs> I could picture it in my mind, I remember standing at the sink in the hotel room and we had Andrew stripped down and he's in the sink and we got the sink filled up with water and we're giving him a bath. He's a little guy. Oh yeah. He's tiny. 
and she's getting a bath and I'm telling her, you know, about what I, you know, the, the seminars I went to that day or something. I said, you know, I just, I feel guilty being here. She's like, what, why do you feel guilty? And I said, I know that this is not where I need to be. And they're paying a lot of money for me to be here. They're expecting great things when I get back. The firm you work for. Is, yeah. yeah. And, and I said, I feel bad because I'm spending their money. And I know that this is not the firm that I, I want to be at. And, and, and it's not them. They're great people. But I just know this isn't long term what I need to be doing. And she looked at me through the mirror. You know, we weren't even looking eye to eye. She was just, we were kind of talking to each other in the mirror. And she looked at me and she said, you know that one day you're going to own your own business. Just go do it. And I, th- and I thought, are you serious? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> and so... Did you just like, have a moment where you said, like, who are you and what have you done with Josie? <laughs> I, I remember you know, maybe looking at her a little sideways, like, wanting to say, are you sure, but not having the guts to actually... <laughs> you know, it's like, I got I kind of got the answer that, that made me really happy, and I didn't want to mess that not up. Not going to blow that. <laughs> but Let's not like, give her a chance yeah. to think about that. <laughs> we literally came home on a Friday night at the end of the tax conference and I remember driving around the the area of Bradenton that we lived in at the time looking at office space because I was going to set up my own firm and I went in that next week and gave them notice and we were off to the races and wow that that conversation stuck out for a couple reasons one it was kind of the the genesis of being self-employed but the other thing was it, it really um, it gave Josie something Josie and I something to go back to when times did get tough because we knew that we were in it together. Now, I, th- I think if you were really, really honest, you'd probably say, well, if I would have known that. No, no, but you can't know ever that. know. <laughs> I might have said, stay there with this. But you had a moment that you could point to and say, yeah. but remember when yeah. you said. You told me that I could do this. Yeah. <laughs> so we joke about that a lot. But it really was important, uh, not just to the business getting started, but it was re- it became important in those tough times for us to both know that this was something that we had chosen, and yes, it was hard. And and to be tr- completely 100% honest, there were times when if I had known then what I know now, hello, there were probably days when I would have made another decision. But you push on, and uh, you know I, I would tell we would have a lot of husband and wife teams come into our office looking to start a business and going, okay, do I set up an LLC or an S-corporation? And they're looking for like C- the CPA advice, right? Yeah, sure, the practical stuff. And so we would cover that, and I would say, now, is it okay if I talk to you about something else? And I'd say, listen, if you guys are not 100% in agreement that you should both start this business, and, and both start business in quotes, because usually it was one or the other that was going to go off and do this, sure, and the other one had a steady job somewhere else. Main thing, sure. And I'd say, if, if the two of you are not going to start this together, one of you is going to work there, but you're both going to start it together. And if you are not 1,000% in agreement that this is the right thing to do, don't do it. Because one of two things is going to happen. Either your marriage isn't going to survive, or the business isn't going to survive. And and I could speak that because I had lived through it. Mm-hmm. And I still think that today, a lot of people go into things without the commitment of the spouse, and it's kind of doomed from the start. Oh, wow. That's uh, that's such powerful, good advice. Uh, and, and it's so true because there, it doesn't matter what, what, what business it is or how successful you are. I mean, you can be a CPA, start a business, and end up in a financial jam. <laughs> you know what? If you share nothing else today, that's... <laughs> I have made yeah. every financial mistake you can make in a business. So don't uh, feel bad. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't done it yet, sign up for that 2016 Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage Retreat <laughs> sponsored by I Work For Him. You know, it's great to get away and work on your marriage. Am I right, Joey? I mean, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing to do. It's an awesome thing to do for your marriage. You know, the other thing is it's a good thing to do for your business. 
Wow. Yeah. Talk about that. Well, you know, you, you often run into situations where the the business owner, the business manager is putting 100% of their time, energy, and effort into the business. Only 100%? <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with that yeah. guy? <laughs> and, um, and there comes a point where you kind of sit back and you go, well, how's that working for you? And you go, oh, you know, sales are up. And, and you go, well, I'm really kind of talking about your marriage. Mm. You know, I'm talking about your relationship with your kids. and. And in those situations, you just see it on their face right away. It's something they don't want to talk about. It's something that they don't really want to get into. And they, they have this this idea that you can put a wall between your business life and everything else. Right? Wow. And it's the same thing that happens with, with a lot of Christian business owners, sure. right? It's like, well, my marriage is great and, and, uh, and business is going good, but they want the wall between the ministry aspect that they think should only happen at church and the business aspect of serving customers, employees, and vendors, and that kind of stuff. And the lesson that I think uh, you have to learn if you're really going to be successful, not just successful when you're 40 or 50 and you're looking back on this business career, but when you, you feel like you're successful in your 80s and your 90s, when you're looking back on a life, you have to take those walls down and there shouldn't be a divider between your marriage success and your business success or your ministry success and your business success. And that's a that's a tough thing to do. It definitely takes some education. I mean, you have to learn what does business as ministry look like. There's some guys in C12 that have been really phenomenal in my life, helping me understand that. Um, and you have to work on your marriage. I mean, that's the other thing. When I got married, uh, I wish somebody would have told me, hey, you know, at some point you're going to go to marriage counseling. Like <laughs> you're going to go get an expert to help you figure out how to communicate to your wife because you stink at it. You know? <laughs> yeah, but we, we always think that's for the people who just can't. They're the, they're the ones that failed at yeah. it. You know, the people that go that end up. That's like that's like a remedial English or something. Yeah. You know, that's for people who just didn't get the, the, the you know, they're, they're not making it work yeah. on their own. But that's a that's a good point, because we all. I mean, I, my wife and I have spent many hours, you know, uh, in, in, in counselor's offices, right? Josie and I have, too. I mean, we went through a really difficult time in our marriage, and we had to go get outside help, somebody to help us work it out. And it's funny, is like 90% of the stuff that we learned was how to talk to each other. That is how to communicate. And it's, that's not something that you're ever taught. And it's not something so that true. you learn on your own. You, it's not something you can you can't. Now, that's one thing you can't learn no. by yourself. You right? have to have somebody look you in the eye and go, you're full of crap. And she knows it, and I know it, but you don't know it. Yeah. And you've got to get honest about what's going on here. So, uh, you know, I would encourage people to take away the stigma of getting help on your marriage. It's so true. It, it's funny because we'll get help in every other area of our life, right? We'll hire a business coach to help us better our business. We'll go to our managers to get a, a, a professional development plan, right? We'll go to our pastor and we'll get assessed for spiritual gifts and we'll go and we'll go to a life group leader and have them help us learn how to do a Bible study. And we'll go to the gym and we'll hire a personal trainer to make us better because we understand that and all those things, we need help to get better. But the most important relationship you have here on earth with another person, the relationship with your spouse, your marriage, you won't go get outside help with it. I think that's crazy. That is that is absolutely crazy. And thank God for people who have invested significant parts of their lives 
learning how to help people like you and me, right, Joey? Oh, learn, yeah. learn to communicate. God bless them. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Uh, I know it. So thank you to Jim and Martha Brangenberg. And uh, if you are interested in a great opportunity to get away and work on your marriage, it's a cruise. And you can't beat that. So you can find out all the details about that at IWorkForHim.com. We've been talking with Joey Brandon. Joey, you've shared some really great stuff about experiencing supernatural peace in the workplace. And it's just been a really fun discussion today. Let's talk about how someone can find you and who is the best person for you to serve uh, in your business. Well, we work with business owners, usually businesses that are doing between 2 and $20 million in sales. And we're really looking for folks who want to grow the business or looking to take it to the next level. Um, for people who are interested, AxiomStrategic.com is our website. Let's spell it A-X-I-O-M. O-M as in mother, strategic, S-T-R-A-T-E-G-I-C. We're going to spell both of those words. Yeah, year, right? it's amazing. <laughs> I picked out the domain, and you wouldn't believe how hard strategic is to spell. I mean, our company used to be Epiphany Marketing, so, uh, you know, I thought that was easy to spell. <laughs> it turns out, uh, unless you're Greek or Catholic, you you know, you can't spell that, so I get it. So, AxiomStrategic.com. Check out uh, Joey's blog there. you got a blog. you got a podcast. Yep. And it looks like you're a Marcus Lemonis fan, so... Oh, for, yeah, I'm a big big profit fan. Oh, I love it. This show's been a lot of fun this season. It was a great up, uh, update episode a couple episodes ago. But anyway, I want, I want to thank you for taking the time to be here today and uh, it's been a lot of fun it has so I really yeah enjoyed it yeah really fun stuff so listen i, I want to encourage you listening today if you are not yet a part of this we want to get you involved in the i work for him nation jim's looking for a thousand people in tampa bay who are willing to uh take that challenge to look at their workplace as a mission field this thousand people will be willing to start praying for their coworkers and employees they'll look for ways to befriend those people outside of the workplace ways to serve those coworkers, and employees in the workplace be willing to uh, and ready to pray with people at any point in time when you see an opportunity in the workplace and to be the best and brightest example of a person in your position, a person who is truly seeking excellence. If this is you, then we want you for the I Work For Him Nation. Head over to the I Work For Him website, which is I Work, the number four, him.com and click on contact us. And we also, of course, uh, look forward, of course, to having you in, in, involved in the, in the nation. But You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.